this is Mike McGinnis. And Carrington Vanston. And you're listening to No Quarter. That's the name of our podcast, yes. This is the Classic Arcade Video Game Podcast. Classic Arcade Video Game Podcast? That sounds really entertaining. People are going to be disappointed. <laughs> Indeed they are. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, Carrington. And you? I'm doing hoppetly good. Good. Because of Frogger, you know. Oh, yes, that's right. That's the game oh, we played this time around. It is the game we played. Hopping, hopping, hopping. And we'll get to that in just a minute because we have some feedback this time around. What is the feedback? Um, well, I got a couple of pieces of email, and I'm sure you did too since they were addressed to both of us. I think I probably did. Um, one of them is, is from Egan Ford again. He uh, apparently really enjoys our show and likes writing to us. Thank you, Egan. Yes. Um, I last... Well, last time I called a moratorium on the 2600 Pac-Man. <laughs> you but did. I, uh, but I'm going to lift that because this email is in support of my view. And then, oh, and so that's the reason we lifted it. Oh, yes, yes. If, nice. it were, if it were negative or, or disagreeing with me in any way, you would not be hearing this at all. I would just Got it, okay. it never happened. Stick my head right in the sand. So at least now I'm clear on the policies. That's excellent. Yes. <laughs> Egan writes in, says, uh, I call BS on your other listener defending the 2600 Pac-Man yet again. Pac-Man and Pitfall both released in 1982. Pitfall today is still awesome and set the bar for what could be done on the 2600 in 1982. The original 2600 Pac-Man sucks, and there is no defending that. Well put. Thank you, Egan. Yeah, like I just, I really don't like that Pac-Man version. Um... I can't yeah. believe we're still talking about it. Actually. Yeah, me too. That's that so far has generated the most feedback of everything we've talked about. It's not even technically a classic arcade game because it's a console. Yeah, because we're talking about the Atari 2600 right, version. Right. Yes. Uh, the other one that we have is from Holy Mindless, um, and he writes in, uh, Regarding your next game announcement, I figured out how you can tease the announcement while letting us join in. Use the audio tease like you've been going. It's kind of nice to have something to discover, but the week after the show airs, have an open tournament for bragging rights, but only on the platform and settings specified in advance. I recommend this for score posting so we don't end up with too many different platforms or unfair comparisons, and the next week announce a few scores from people that have played the game, but only on the platform and settings agreed on. We'll take gentlemanly scores at first, but when people start to be jerks, I say we make them screen capture and post it, which I'm sure will happen. I like how he doesn't say if people That's start right. to be jerks. When. It's when. At that point, <laughs> right. inevitably, yes. the people would be you, jerks. Well, you know it's coming. Uh, he, he wraps up saying, just some thoughts to drag all nine of us kicking and screaming into the podcast. Thanks again for all your time, patience, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much for writing in, Holy. Uh, Kenton, mm -hmm. what do you think of his idea? I think it's a great idea. I think, uh, as you know, off, off mic, you and I have been talking about uh, uh, maybe some sort of contest we can do sure. coming up in future shows. But mm -hmm. I really like this as an idea that people can be involved. And it shouldn't just be about you and I talking about our pitiful high scores, like getting <laughs> other people involved in playing the game, too. Is I, I is I think a terrific idea. I, I I like that very much. Yeah, me too. And I think we'll we'll uh, take a look at this off the air this next week and see how we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great suggestion. Yeah. We also got feedback from Earl Evans, my RCR buddy, my nemesis. Who, oh, sorry. Who, who, who what? <laughs> what? What do you got to say about Earl? No, I was, he's my nemesis. Oh, he's your nemesis. He is just because he's my, of, he's my nemesis too. Well, he's my randomly assigned nemesis for the week. He sort of does that for a living. He nemesis. nemesis. 
Um, And he wrote that in his uh, plush computer store back in the day, they would light up Frogger on the Atari 800 and let it play all day through the various tunes in a tracked mode and has Mm -hmm. a few songs that rotates through and they're catchy. And he's right about that. Um, But it's insidious, he says. To this day, I find the tunes still run through my head occasionally, especially for some reason when I'm crossing the street. (laughs) Nicely done. Are you familiar with the the, uh, the barcade? The barcade? No, I'm not. Apparently, this is sort of a, a new theme that's popping up in a few cities around America where they've built a, a an arcade. They've crossed an arcade in a bar. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you go and you get drunk and play video games. Um, and do poorly, I would assume. <laughs> I would assume so. But we have one here in Denver called the 1UP. Um, and, and, and interestingly, this is the company that the, the parent company that owns the one up uh, recently purchased the, the Twin Galaxies. Um, I, wow. guess, I guess at this point it would just be intellectual property because I don't know that there's actually a Twin Galaxies arcade anymore. Um, but this company is uh, the one up is sponsoring here in Denver the Kong Off. Um, this is a <laughs> yes, it is a competition um, at their. It's a Kong petition. Yeah. Hey, there you oh go. yeah, I said it. Yes, this is actually the Kong Off 2. This is the second one. Um, yeah, It's happening this weekend, beginning uh, tonight and running through Sunday. And I'm going to go down and take some pictures and have a good time. My That's qual- fantastic. Yeah, my qualifying score um, to, to actually be involved in the competition wasn't good enough. So I'll just be an observer. But uh, I think they said uh, Billy Mitchell is going to be there and uh, Steve Wiebe and Walter Day is going to be refing the whole thing. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun time. That's amazing. That's yeah. that's big time. Holy cow. Yeah. If we actually had show notes for this podcast, <laughs> we could we could post links to your photos. Uh, yeah, well I'll just yeah, exactly. I'll just mention the link next time. Um and of course this this competition will pretty much I guess be over by the time we post this. Um but you can check it out at thekongoff.com if you're interested in, in the history and things like that. So um, You're just trying to make me go to that URL. What's really there? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Lemon party. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's really exciting. That's a, yeah. And I, you're, I think you're right that I don't think there are actual Twin Galaxies arcades anywhere, not one anyway. But I right. wonder if maybe... Um, if they own it now, they'd rebrand as that or something? Because Twin well, Galaxies has, you know, the big brand when it comes to keeping, you know, the official high scores of things. Yeah. And if you go to TwinGalaxies.com now, there's actually an announcement um, about the Kong Off 2, of all things. But it, it talks a little bit uh, about beginning in 2013, there will be seven Twin Galaxies verified locations that gamers will be able to play live with verified Twin Galaxies records. Uh, so Very it sounds exciting. like, yeah, because I know that Walter Day closed the original one in Ottumwa, Iowa, many years ago. So it mm-hmm. looks like they're really going to try and bring this back. I miss arcades. Uh, me too. And, and I've actually been to their, their prime location in downtown Denver, uh, the one up a few times. And it's a great place to, to play. Well, they've got some really good arcade games and they're in great shape. Um, and they, they just recently opened a second location called the two up in a not so nice area of Denver. But um if you're interested, I'm sure you can find directions to that, too. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think so. And now, on with the Frogger. On with the Frogger. Frogger? What is Frogger? Tell me no about idea. Frogger, Mike. 
this hopping uh, game. Hard. <laughs> well, Frogger uh, is an arcade game that was developed by Konami, and it was licensed for worldwide distribution by Sega, specifically Sega Gremlin. Uh, the simple object of the game is to direct your frog to his home uh, one at a time, and to do this, the fr- I'm sort of paraphrasing from Wikipedia here, to do this, each frog must avoid cars while crossing a busy road and then navigate a, f- a river full of hazards. Skillful players may obtain bonuses along the way. It's pretty much you start at the bottom of the screen um, with your frog, and the, I guess, bottom half of the screen is a busy roadway with cars headed in both directions. And then you have a, a median where you, your frog can sort of rest, and then you have the river portion where you jump across um, logs and turtles, some of which sink, and there's a, an alligator or two that shows up, and he lands on his lily pad at the top for which you get scores and bonuses. Indeed. The five little little areas at the top you have to fill up with your frogs uh, right. one at a time, and then you fill them all up and you go to a faster version of the same thing, and it yes. repeats. Yes, things things speed up and the traffic gets more dense, and, and other hazards show up. I think there's a snake that travels the median, mm-hmm. and there's an otter that sort of makes his way back and forth in the water, all of which are looking to eat the frog. The otter um, confused me. So um, playing th- this time, mm-hmm. I don't know... I played Frogger as a kid, sure. and and I'll have a story about the first time I played Frogger on a boat, as I promised uh, last show, but I used to do really, really poorly. Frogger, for some reason, is just a game I just it was terrible at, although as a young kid, I don't think I realized how terrible I was. You know, it's like, <laughs> look at me, I can almost get the full first five in there, um, so I don't think I ever hit the otter before the otter was kind of new to me this time <laughs> that's, that's how badly i do because otter appears in like screen three or something yeah yeah he's, uh... and i wasn't sure what it was at first i thought can i hop on the otter is it like a thing it turns out no you can't no no you yes and the otter can't. grabs you if, if it gets to the if you're sitting on a log and the otter comes up near the log it eats you yes. this was also news to me <laughs> i found out the hard way huh i feel like i got suckered a couple of times out of men so yeah disappointed so to wrap up, the uh, CPU in this game, it's a dual Z80 uh, CPU chips, one of which runs at 3.072 megahertz, the other one at 1.78975 megahertz. It has a sound CPU, which is another Z80 at the same 1.78 uh, megahertz, and two AY8910 sound chips. It, is wow. a, it uses a raster graphics. It uses the standard 224 by 256 pixels. Uh, and it's 99 colors, which is sort of an odd number. Oh, yeah, odd clock speeds and odd color. A lot of odd things going on here. But quite a few, quite a few chips running this for something from 1981. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it, it features a single joystick. Uh, you can play two players with alternating turns. Um, there's no button or anything like that that you have to push. Again, this is one of those games that has very simple mechanics mm-hmm. that we've talked about. That, that Like Pac-Man. We're right. back to a single joystick, four-way controller, no buttons. Exactly. And it seems to be that these the simplest games, um, the simplest arcade games like this, were the ones that tended to do best. Um, those are the ones that you continue to hear about today. Um, and I think that um, they were so popular because they were easy to play, at least at those those lower levels. Yes, exactly. And this one does start off relatively quite quite easy. Like the first level is so much easier than like say the fourth or fifth screen as far as I got this time. The speed difference is enormous. I have no idea how people do these massive, massive scores because it gets 
really hard relatively fast although it begin that first screen is a very fair screen like everything's moving kind of slow and it, and you know if you if you die it's kind of cuz you messed up like it really it really does start off fair and then but later very, relatively soon it starts to it starts to kick my butt butts were kicked and in fact somebody racked up a huge high score on this and was it George Costanza well, from Seinfeld? <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it was for several <laughs> years, and it was only recently beaten. Which um, was interesting. We should talk about that. So in, yeah. in case people don't know, um, there was a Seinfeld episode in which George Costanza sort of stumbles across a Frogger game, and he says how he used to be amazing at Frogger as a kid. And it turns out in this little pizza place they're in is the <laughs> actual game he, machine he played on. Jerry, remember Frogger? I used to be so into this game. Getting that frog across the street was my entire life. Yeah, and then you went on to... That's a good game. Watch the truck. Double jump! Eat the fly! Eat it! Thanks a lot. Yeah, beat it, punk. Hey, look at the high score. GLC. George Lewis Costanza. That's not you, is it? Yes! 860,000! I, I can't believe it's still standing! The one has beaten me in like 10 years! I remember that night! Oh, I was unstoppable! Perfect combination of Mountain Dew and mozzarella. Just the right amount of grease on the joystick. Use your pizza, pea brains. Kind of like the story I, I gave a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um, about the Pac-Man machine that I foolishly didn't try to purchase. He George Costanza doesn't make the mistake that I made. He instead says, I'm going to buy it because it still has his high score back from the 80s still saved. And then he realizes, well, hold on. If I unplug it to move it, it'll erase the high score is what I do. <laughs> they get it working on like a battery, but he's got to get it across the street. And so with it still plugged in, he has to try to figure out how to get it across the street. And essentially it becomes a top-down <laughs> view of him pushing this Frogger machine in the shape of a Frogger, trying to avoid the traffic and, make, and play Frogger with a Frogger machine going across the street. Quite funny. And did, his high score... Did he, make um, it? did he make it across the street? Well, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but ah. I will. And I will say, no, he doesn't. Well, there is bashing. <laughs> just, just like I rarely made it across the street. He yes, rarely I, made. I remember there was yes. quite, a, quite a scene where it gets run down by a truck. And... It does... Big, big smashing. So but, uh, his score, his his um, fictional score was 860,630. And I think people at the time were saying, is that even a potential score? Could somebody get that? But I guess somebody eventually actually did beat, beat that score. Yes, on December 22nd, 2009, Pat LaFay of Westport, Connecticut, scored a world high score of 896,980 points. So they beat it, but not by much. But that's an insane much. score. It is, it is. Um, I know I got nowhere near that this time around. Uh, we'll start with you, Carrington. How'd you do? Like, like, uh, here we can just start by lopping off a couple of digits. <laughs> like, I got um, 23,270, all of about an hour ago. I reached my yes. all-time top yes. score. And I tweeted about it. I took my, I took my <laughs> screenshots and I sent it because it was the first time I think in my life I've even crossed 20,000. <laughs> like I said, I don't do good. I don't do well at this game at all. And what about you, Mike? Uh, How my, much did you beat me by? <laughs> quite a bit. No, oh. not, not, my high score is uh, 42,030. So 42030. How, how do you, pa- like, 
by the time I got to the 23,000, I was on, I think, screen four or something like that. I wasn't mm-hmm. even that far in. And the game gets insanely fast. This was the point where the fast-moving cars that make that vroom noise, which is like, the I think, the cars. fourth level, the race yeah. cars, there's four of them in a row. So there's barely any gap between them. And the space between the other cars for you to hop as you're sort of waiting is barely larger than a one-hop distance. So you have to time that really quick. By this point, there was a snake going back and forth in the median. Turtles were 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 popping in and out of the water to make them impossible to drop on. The top level of of logs had turned into like 50% of them were actually snapping crocodiles. There was also a crocodile poking its head into the little five squares at the top. There, there's, in, in addition to the snake moving along the medium, there's also a snake moving back and forth on the longest log and this stinking otter biting me if I get, like, how do you possibly get double my score? Like, <laughs> Well, you make it sound so difficult, Karen. It is difficult. <laughs> Frogger is simple controls and a frustratingly hard game. Well, it's, I, I did okay um, because uh, I played this game a lot when I was a kid. This was my this was my favorite game, um, and uh, I played many 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 hours. And That's even, like cheating. Well, even this time around, it took me a long time to get back into it. But I, it's it's all a matter of working out the the rhythm. I got no rhythm. Uh, I should have put some music on. Although this does have really good music, it I does. really do. This is a this is a game with really catchy tunes. Yeah, and I think that may may have been why uh, one of the reasons that they use the multiple CPUs uh, in this game is because in addition to all of the parts, I mean, there's a lot of movement going on on the screen all at one time, mm-hmm. and it's pretty smooth. Uh, you know, whereas with Pac-Man, for example, you've got You've got Pac-Man, and then you've got the ghost moving around, and that's really most of the movement on the screen at any given time. Where with this, you've got you know many, many elements all moving in different directions and making noises, and you've got music playing in the background. So exactly. I, I think it's probably pretty CPU heavy. And lots of things on this. When the cars go, they, they go whipping by really quickly. Yeah, they do. It's, um, and for those who don't know, the, the game's opening tune, the one that gets stuck in your head, the one that's stuck yes. in my head right now, and I'm sure Carrington's as well, oh, yes. uh, is the first verse of a Japanese children's song, which translates to The Dog Policeman. The Dog Policeman. Um, yep. And I know that there are some other songs in there that are not Japanese. I heard Yankee Doodle Dandy and a couple of others. I got um, far enough to hear that bit too, which yep. sort of surprised me. Like I, I, every once in a while you'll do something and then it sort of switches music and it started playing Yankee Doodle Dandy. I'm like, oh, okay. My whole life has changed since the award-winning Frogger home video game became so popular. Frankly, I'm swamped by admirers. So to get away from it all, I reach for Frogger. It's a challenge, Ribbit, because the better you are, Ribbit, Ribbit, the harder Frogger is to play. Oops. Ladies first. Hmm, do they love me or my Frogger? Frogger, Sega's arcade game, now a home video game from Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. It's really a game with really good music, which which is makes it kind of ironic that in sort of jumping to the to the end of the many, many, many different home ports for this. In 2006, Frogger was released for the Xbox Xbox Arcade Live. And I have not played this version. I, I read that it added a couple of new modes, um, a cooperative speed mode, or no, cooperative play in a versus speed mode. But some of the music, including the uh, the Frogger theme, was actually replaced by other music. So I think that's a real mistake. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but certainly the Xbox was not the first port. Uh, in fact, it goes all the way back to the Atari 2600. Uh, through the standard platforms of the day, the Intellivision, the 5200, the ColecoVision, the Atari 8-bit computers, the VIC-20, the Commodore 64, 
Um, and I believe that there was an Apple II version as well uh, of Frogger. And in fact, uh, there's a book called Hackers that was uh, written a long time ago in 1984 by a guy named Steve Levy, um, who I think went on to write some other uh, Apple books. Mm -hmm. um, and he talks about, there, there was an incident, I guess, where the Frogger software, the source code was stolen at a trade show. Um, I forget the details. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been ported to pretty much everything that's that's out there. Um, there was there have also been a bunch of unofficial clones. There was Froggy for the ZX Spectrum. Uh, there was Hopper for the BBC Micro and the Acorn Electron. Um, there was ANF Software's Frogger for the BBC Micro, the ZX Spectrum. Uh, Solo Software's Frogger for the Sharp MZ700 in the UK, and a version for the New Brain uh, called Leapfrog. New brain, mm -hmm. and then cool. into more modern, more modern times. Hasbro released a version in 1997 for Microsoft Windows, which was a piece of garbage, um, and it was also on the. <laughs> but PlayStation. people will now write in for four different weeks, yes. telling us why it wasn't and then why it was. <laughs> that's right, because yeah. that's how we roll. <laughs> it is. I know um, Coleco. This is another one of the games where Coleco put out their little tabletop arcade machines. Yes, that's right. Yep. yep, it's one of those. Did you? I think we talked about which ones you had had. Did you have the Frogger one? I did not. Um, I have. I, I currently still have the Ms. Pac-Man, um, and I had the uh, Galaga. Oh right! Oh right! Because we had the same ones, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I also. I think I played the Frogger one, but I, I definitely didn't. I did not own it. Yeah, it's one that if I were ever going to collect uh, those types of games, I'd probably look at investing in on eBay or something. So when I, when I was reading about this game um, and going on the net and looking at various things about it, two things uh, struck me. One, it reminded me that this is another one of the games that made it into the CBS Saturday Supercade cartoon series mm -hmm. that we talked about before. But also, there's an IMDb listing for uh, a movie called Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, Chasing Ghosts was the less popular but probably better arcade documentary uh, that came out about the same time as the king of kong yeah exactly that's what everyone's saying it says yeah. uh, 1982's video game world champions share their philosophies on joysticks groupies and life yes. um and that is a movie i have not seen and uh, now i want to it's a great movie i think it's better than um it's a better documentary than king of kong of course king of kong they sort of went for that hero versus villain mm -hmm. storyline uh, but as, as an overall documentary uh Chasing Ghosts is better, and I think it's available to stream on Netflix. Maybe not up here in Canada. Uh, well, nothing's available up there in Canada. We only stream snow. <laughs> and hockey, which means you're not streaming anything right now. Hockey. Oh, hockey. <laughs> yes. I miss hockey. Nah, I, hear, I hear rumors there's other sports. What? I, I no, don't believe it. Me either. Me either. I don't believe it. <laughs> so Frogger, I think, is... I think you, you really hit the nail on the head. He said coining a phrase. I think that's going to catch on. That a big part of the appeal of of this game, and it's not something we've talked about before, is the idea of something that is crazily simple in its idea. Like this, you know, you move up, down, just avoid getting run over. It's so, it doesn't even need a button. It's so simple. But the gameplay is subtle. Like you got twice the score I got. And it's because like I know I got to the point just in like the four screens I could get to, that it became the case that you couldn't, you could no longer just hop forward. It had to be, I'd run in a space, I have to hop back a bit. And you start to have to get a strategy with how you're going to cross the road and then cross the, the river. So there's a lot more to the game than would first appeal appear. And yet, 
I think anybody with very young kids, kids with very little limited gameplay can still sit down and do okay on that first level because it is still clear what you have to do. Right. Later on in the game, you definitely there's definitely a strategy and you have to plan your path across the screen because not only do you have all these obstacles that keep getting more dense and faster, uh, but you're also playing against time. Um, you have that little timer that clocks down and I think it starts at 50 or 60 seconds and when yeah. you run out, your frog dies. You are frogged. Yes, you are frogged. <laughs> you are totally frogged. And in fact, Frogger was so popular that it earned a spot on the infamous Buckner and Garcia album. Oh, infamous that yes. I changed my mind and decided I enjoyed it enough to actually purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sadly me too. Froggy's Lament, I think, yes. was the name of the That's song. That's the right? name of the song. And if you read the the lyrics, uh, they don't actually make a whole lot of sense, but they do rhyme. So it says, uh, the, the, for example, the, the first verse starts out froggy takes one step at a time the way he moves has no reason or rhyme he hops and jumps dodges and ducks cars and buses vans and trucks so apparently he just randomly jumps around the screen and i've never seen him duck but apparently you can do that yeah i don't know about the ducking and it didn't seem that random by the end (laughs) and what and but that of course is not the only song about frogger there's been a few of them including frogger the frogger musical by paul and storm i was not aware of that oh well you should listen to that because it's got multiple movements uh it's got the other side then hop on board which is sort of the catchy middle bit and then the now i'm home so it's sort of a whole musical that follows the 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 actual like theme as you go through through the game so paul and storm are awesome and uh (laughs) under creative commons so maybe we can even insert a little bit of it right here i imagine we will i imagine we did (laughs) now why the chicken might have done it i just couldn't say but if i'm gonna make it home this is the only way five lanes of traffic and embankment then a stream it's like it's some kind of amphibianic fever dream. The total lack of law enforcement on this road's a crime. I'd write a letter, but I simply haven't got the time. Give me a call tomorrow if I haven't died. And I can tell you how I made it to the other side. If I make it to the other side. So do we have anything else that we want to say about Frogger? Well, I want to tell people about the first time I played Frogger. Oh, that's right. Young, young Carrington mm-hmm. went on a cruise. Not by himself, because young Carrington wasn't like millionaire, richy rich young Carrington. But my family, when I was very young, took a cruise. One of those things where you head down to Florida, then we cruise on a big cruise ship, like the love boat sort of thing, to a bunch of islands. I was highly disinterested as a young, pale nerd who just basically would burst into flames when the sun was out. I'm familiar Uh, with that that sensation, yeah. yeah. I'm not the sort to sit around on the Lido deck and just soak up the vitamin D. (laughs) This is not going to work for me. So um, I spent most of the time indoors. And and cruise ships at that time, a million years ago, weren't that great for kids in a sense there was a movie theater on board and that was cool but it was showing movies you only see the same movies so often um and cruise ships are mostly at that time about playing shuffleboard sitting in the sun or eating and i wasn't interested in those things as much maybe the eating but a lot i finally after a day or two on this boat i'm walking around sort of bored and thinking like how much more can i read 
I come across a row of deck chairs out on a skinny little ledge, sort of on one of the one of the decks that has just a little tiny bit between a, a wall of portholes and um, and a railing overlooking the ocean. A bunch of deck chairs, and in the middle of the deck chairs, just sitting out right there under an awning, almost exposed to, to terrain or whatever it was to come, was an arcade machine. Just a, a, it was a, a cocktail machine of Frogger, and I had never played it before. So this is probably eighty one or eighty two, or not too long after it came out. So I'm like, well, well, what is this? There's there's a video game on this boat. That's awesome. And so I popped in some quarters, played it, did poorly. If I, if probably judging by how I do now, I couldn't <laughs> have been much better then. Um, but it was my first exposure. So the first time I played this, then ran off to my parents to get a whole bunch more quarters. And then for the next two or three days of the of this cruise, I would find time to go out there and just sit. Totally by myself in this long, skinny wooden hallway overlooking complete ocean where you see nothing for till the to the horizon. Just me and this blaringly loud Frogger game <laughs> <laughs> sitting there like young Carrington. So it was a really interesting experience, and and it's one of the things that I can't play Frogger without thinking back to the sound of the ocean and and, and being on that balcony. It's it's amazing how if you play a game quite a bit in a in a particular uh, circumstance or particular senses or music playing or that kind of stuff, how that will come back to you and be associated with the game so for me i associate frogger with essentially the love boat nice yeah uh one thing i noticed here uh as as you were talking i wasn't really listening you noticed i was really interesting <laughs> i wasn't actually listening at all um <laughs> konami.com has a an official frogger site up it looks like they put this up in 2011 to celebrate the official 30th anniversary of frogger it doesn't look like they've done a whole lot of updates since then um, they do have links to Frogger 3D, Frogger Decades, Frogger Pinball, and they have a host of other Frogger titles. Apparently, you can play this on Facebook, on your iPhone, your iPad, uh, the Android platform, Google TV, rem- remember that, everyone, and Windows Phone. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I think this, this site looks like it's been static for a long time, but you can check oh. it out if you want. Uh, nice. So, Carrington, in your, in your Hall of video game the mike mcginnis memorial yes, arcade that's, is what i'm calling that's it the one yes I, it escaped me for just a second <laughs> say it again say it again <laughs> um, mike mcginnis they'll never find the body arcade <laughs> yes exactly uh would frogger earn a place in there and if so uh where would it be yes and i would for me it would have to be a cocktail version mm-hmm. one of the few games i would prefer in cocktail because that's how i first played it so for me, it's the iconic cocktail cabinet. I would have it in the in the main section, not often the dusty, as you would put it, Carrington corridors. <laughs> and I would probably have the sound of the sea playing beside it and a fan to give me the breeze. So yes, it would absolutely be included among my short list of, of must-have arcade machines. And what about Excellent. you? I would be surprised if your answer is no. Well, it would it would certainly make it up out of the Carrington catacombs. Um, <laughs> That's good. This is definitely a, a top three game for me, and probably top three. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, probably my favorite or second favorite, depending on how well I'm doing at Galaga um, on on any given day. Uh, yeah, it goes back and forth between first and second with Galaga. That's amazing. Yeah. Top three. Yep. My gosh! Yes. My gosh! Man. Shocking. Okay, so what are we going to play next week? Well. I'll give people a hint. It sounds like this.
And now that you've heard the sound, can you guess what it is? Do we tell people? Have we decided what we're doing with that? Um, I, I think we're going to tell them this week, and then next week we're going to figure out how to implement Holy Mindless as a suggestion. Holy Mindless. I like it. <laughs> I do too. Fantastic. So why don't you tell people what that creepy, crawly, multiple-armed game sound thing we just heard was? Why, that would be centipede. Well, I guess multiple-legged, not multiple-armed. Yes. Right? <laughs> it was centipede. Yes, centipede. So, ladies and gentlemen, fire up your trackballs and see how well you do. Um, in the meantime, I'll be focusing on kicking Carrington's butt. And probably will. Trackball games have never been my forte. Yeah, I'm not so good at these, um, but I thought we, I would. Uh, I thought we'd we'd try this one as something a little bit different this time around. I like it. Good yeah. choice. Good choice. Classic, classic game. Yeah. So for this week's episode, Frogger Leap for Your Life. <laughs> That's from the the official Sega Gremlin. Hey, I'm on a podcast question. where we end with yelling retro compute, so <laughs> yes. I cannot judge you. Say oh, say yeah. what you want. Well, now this is from the, the official Frogger Sega Gremlin flyer. Oh, Life I see. for Frogs has never been more dangerous than the Sega Gremlin's newest video game, Frogger. The lily pads and ponds of yesterday are only a dream as players leap to save Frogger from reckless hot rods and hungry crocodiles. Reckless hot rods. Yes. Awesome. All right, Carrington. Well, I will talk to you in a week. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you for podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, all the original material in this show is released to the public domain. <laughs>